welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Awesome, fantastic. Have a seat again, up and down. It's all good. At least we don't have the, uh, when I first, the very first church service I went to freaked me out. I'd become a Christian. I've probably told you this story before. Uh, went to the local uh, Anglican church and they had not just the seats, but they had the little kneeling thing. And I just couldn't keep up. They were standing, sitting and kneeling and every time I was sort of getting into it and praying I'd realise oh they're all standing up and I'd be getting up and the next thing I'm sitting down they're all kneeling and I'm like flip, I kind of get it right and then uh, and then of course it's just as bad when I went to the Pentecostal church because I was lifting my hands at the wrong times you know it's like and I was only doing the little hand lift you know it was like I'm not that bold you know you know, Sarah was saying this before, you know, she said, you do what you like, doesn't matter what, and there were all these wild, confident people, their hands lifted in the air, and, and, and in, in the Anglican church, you know, some of us were really pressing into the things of the Holy Spirit, and, uh, and we were like, I want to lift my hands. Have you ever been in these services? And everyone was, you know, hands behind the back, kind of singing, and, we'd, and I remember just going, the, I'm just lifting my hands, Lord, but I'm just... You know, I just can't. And there was one guy, Lindsay Smith, God bless him. I hope he's still following the Lord. What a bold young man he was. And I was jealous because he was there, the only one in the whole church. His hands like that. And I'd look over and go, oh, I can't do it. I wish I could. Look, how can you do it? And he's like, yeah, you know, we're singing Oh for a Thousand Tongues or some traditional hymn. And he's got his hands like that. I thought, God, I want that, you know. And then, uh, and then I got baptised in the Holy Spirit and then I could. I was like, wow. And then, of course, I went to this church, you know, raving Pentecostals. And it was like lifting hands was nothing. They're swinging from the chandeliers, you know. And so... Uh, so we, um, why do I say that? I don't know. I just want you to feel comfortable in whatever form, physical, of, of worship that, you know, whether you sit, stand, haven't got chandeliers, but uh, we can fit them if you really feel the need to swing. Um, praise the Lord. Now, I haven't got, I haven't got time to muck around. But too many important things to say. It's Vision Sunday. Come on. Um, <laughs> look, I just want to say, you know, the raise the roof, it's happening. Monday week, it's starting, you know, and we're going to have services in here while they start. And then at some point, we're going to have Alfresco Church out in the courtyard for hopefully only a couple of Sundays. But we pray that everyone's just able to cope and, and manage with the disruption. It's going to be fantastic because we're going to have this new ceiling raised up in line with the, the, the roof, right? Um, and as I was praying about that last year, and Brendan was sort of half prophetically praying the same deal when he was singing that song, you know, Raise the Hallelujah. And I really felt the Lord say, as we raise the roof, and I might have shared this at the end of last year, but I felt for this year as a theme, that as we raise the roof, we are, we are raising awareness. We want to raise awareness of the Lord. I believe, you know, our vision as a church is, you know, to bring glory to God. It's pretty 
can't miss then, can you? It's pretty broad vision. <laughs> can't go wrong. <laughs> so bring glory to God. Can't argue with that, right? But, but, you know, at different seasons, there are things that the Lord says. And I feel he said that he's going to uh, help us raise an awareness that's in our own lives through personal encounters. I want to talk a bit more about. And then in our church services, obviously it's not magic or something that's contained by physical spaces, how God moves. But but there are dynamics that we are, you know, in physical realms. And so things can assist when we do things like this. And I believe there'll be an awareness of the Lord more and more in our meetings, you know. And then, of course, into our community. I really believe that the Lord wants, and I believe that we can contend through prayers, like our season of fasting and prayer is always primarily so that there can be an, array, an awareness of the Lord in our community. Uh, you know, because really that's when revival hits a community. When I talk about when I first got saved, we had revival going on in that community that I was growing up in in Sydney and people were getting born again and going off to all kinds of different churches and just there was an awareness of the Lord in the community. And that's what we pray for and contend for. Amen. You know, you want, you want the name of Jesus to be on people's lips, just questioning what is going on. I hear about what's happening in people's lives and in that church or all the churches, yeah? And so um, that's what we're looking forward to and believing for. Um, and this year, of course, as Ruth's already outlined just over the news today, there's a lot of exciting things we're looking forward to. We've got some great guest speakers coming and great connect groups and courses and... Uh, in fact, we're going to establish a, a benevolent fund which will assist in our the way we uh, help uh, people in financially challenged situations in our community. Uh, and also this year, it's our 25th uh, uh, anniversary as a church. It's our celebration year of 25 years. So in September, I think it's the 15th, is one specific day we want you to put in your diary right now uh, because we'll have a party on Sunday night, service in the morning and then a special uh, party Sunday night, the 15th. But all throughout September, we'll make a few special um, meetings for prayer, worship, prophecy. We're going to read the whole Bible publicly, out loud. It's going to take us about five days and uh, we'll have prayer meetings. and So that'll be exciting. Uh, all kinds of things going on. But, but more important than what we do is, is, of course, who we are. So it's not just visions and goals and stuff. It's values that I think, uh, you know, we want to catch God's heartbeat. We want to, we want to value what God values. And so uh, we want to be who he wants us to be as individuals, as a church, because obviously out of that flows who, what we do, you know, who, who we are is, is the basis for that. And uh, as we said, our, our number one vision is to bring glory to God and, uh, and to live a life as an individual and to build a church that, that honours him, blesses him, uh, let's let's the world have a taste and a touch of how amazing and wonderful God is. Um, and there's a lot of Bible passages that speak to this, to that speak to us uh, about this, about how we are called to worship and and honour Him and 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 live to glorify Him. I want to look at just a few verses in the Book of Ephesians. It starts in Ephesians three twenty, and it might come up on the screen here. Uh, all glory to God, it says, um, 
Ephesians 3, verse 20. Yeah, uh, I'm reading for the NLT. All glory to God, who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now, you've probably heard that verse. Yeah, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even imagine, some translations say. Listen to the next verse. Uh, verse 21, Ephesians 3, 20. Ephesians chapter 3 glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever amen therefore now I'm reading chapter 4 verse 1 therefore I a prisoner for serving the Lord this is Paul the apostle talking beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you've been called by God Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. I just want you to notice the word glory and glorious in those passages. If you go back to Ephesians 3.20, as I said, we may have heard this before. You might have read it. You might have heard preachers talk about it. It's exciting. Um, but if we're not careful, we'll just apply that narrowly and think, oh, yeah, God's able to do all this stuff. There's power in me. And what do I want to happen? And we'll just focus on how I want to be blessed. Oh, God, I, I want to be blessed in this way. So I pray about it. And how exciting. God can even do more than I'm asking or imagining. Cool. Well, that's okay. You can apply it that way. Nothing wrong with that. But I believe there's a bit more. Uh, because if you read on, notice that verse, verse 21 says, Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I'll come back to that. But if we read on the very next verse, now notice it's chapter 4, verse 1. But remember, when Paul wrote this letter and other letters in the New Testament, there were no chapters and verses. Right? They were just added to help people find passages but he's just writing a letter and he just goes on with therefore and then he goes on and outlines how we should live now as our bible college principal used to say in uh, understanding the bible and good hermeneutics when you see a therefore ask what it's there for and see the connection and so you go back and realize everything that follows on all these directions and exhortation to live right, to live in a, a holy way, live in unity. It's all because of what's mentioned in the preceding verses, which is the verse in verse 20 that says God can do amazing things through us. So that's cool. But like I said, it's a little more than just blessing us. And also the fact that it says there's glory that can be found in the church. So... Much of the book of Ephesians, in fact, much of the New Testament, challenges us to live right, right? To, to spiritual growth and maturity, unity as it talks here, unity in Jesus, unity with other people, uh, to live in peace and harmony with other believers, to reach out, to love people, to forgive people, to forgive people when they do you wrong, to be gracious, to be full of faith, full of joy, full of love, full of this, to be upright, to be holy. I mean, the list goes on. And in fact, it's a pretty challenging list to mark up to, isn't it? In fact, it's, it's downright impossible uh, if we do it on our own, in our own strength. 
And that's why the essence of the Christian faith is not do, 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 but to abide in Christ. It's all about relationship. It's all about pressing into God. It's all about just getting to know him and having him living in us and through us and not doing things in our own strength. And so part of this is reaching out and experiencing his glory. This is what this passage is talking about. I just want you to think about that word glory today and, and how life can be glorious, how we can touch and experience the glory of God. Because when you hear the word glory, you know, you probably think of the Shekinah glory of God in the temple in the Old Testament or maybe the angels that surround the throne that you read about in the book of Revelation. And they're true and accurate descriptions of, of how the glory of God can be manifested. But it's not the only way that the glory of God can be experienced because his glory isn't just way off in the distant past of the Old Testament or in a particular temple that is now in ruins anyway or just off into the future one day when we get to heaven. It's not some ethereal, abstract concept that's beyond us. It, it, it says here, God's glory can be found in his church and in all generations, including this one. Not just, oh, back in the good old days, or, well, Billy Graham's gone now, so I guess there's not much going on, you know, or Smith Wigglesworth, or you hear stories of these crazy great, you know, men of God, or, like I said, the... The Psalms, David's, you know, in the temple and, you know. So there can be grand and dramatic moments that we, we experience the glory of God. Sometimes in worship, in church, it can just be this sweet, amazing, powerful presence of God. Or maybe you're praying sometimes and you sense the glory of God on your prayers and wow, you know, and you see the demons fleeing and the... But you can almost see your prayers being answered and it's no surprise when things shift because of the prayers that you prayed and that's exciting. And like I said, David, you know, he says, oh, I, I beheld the glory of God in the sanctuary and we can have that. And that's great. But the New Testament church is not just a worship service in one particular place. It's not, you know, like the, the temple in the Old Testament was a specific place. But the temple of the New Testament, they're not old dead stones. It says that the New Temp Testament temple is made up of living stones. And you and I are those living stones. And not just in one place, but in all kinds of places, wherever we go. And whenever we get together, just two or three, Jesus said, I'm there. It's amazing, isn't it? So, uh, you know, we get built together to become that temple, to become the presence, the place where God's presence is and where his love and his glory is found. Um, I, I read a great book recently. Well, Ruth and I both read a great book. I read it over some weeks. Ruth then read it in an afternoon. <laughs> I just thought, did you just, did you really? She's a very good reader, very fast reader. And, and see, normally she reads a book and she tells me about it and in the end, I don't end up reading it because she's told me all the good bits, you know. Um, but every now and then I'll get onto a book that's really good and I'm just 
secretly enjoying it. And I'm not trying to read it over a long period of time, but it's driving you mad because I'm a slower reader. And I'm just saying, this is amazing, this is amazing, but I'm hiding it from it, you know. And it's not on Kindle, she can't share it. This hard copy got sent to me, you know. But anyway, finally, she just read it, gobbled it up in an afternoon, you know. And uh, Francis Chan, he's an American pastor, and uh, he's, he, he stepped away from leading a megachurch that he had built up, and he's on a pathway rediscovering what he feels is God's real heartbeat for the local church. And he's trying to, you know, discover, he's trying to, he's seeking to build a church that he can get as close as possible. Uh, so he's quite prophetic and bold and, and, and uh, quite a leader. Uh, but he's looking at trying to discover the wonder, the beauty, the, the real desire that God has for his church. And he said something fascinating in this book. He said his most intimate moments with God used to be when he was on his own with the Lord. And many of us would relate to this. Private moments of prayer, individual times where maybe it's just you and the Lord on the beach at sunset or you lock yourself in a cabin in the woods and it's just... And that's traditionally, I guess, experientially, historically, very well understood. It's important that we need, you know, we have times just ourselves, just you and the Lord. That's great. But he said... Interestingly, he said he's found in recent times that he has felt closer to God when he's in the local church, when he's doing life with the people that God's called him to be with and he's experiencing the glory of God. And I thought that's interesting because, as I said, God's glory can be found in glorious, big, dramatic ways, but also can be found in, in little ways. Little ways that if we're not careful, we'll just miss and, and, and not appreciate. Hey, there's the touch of God. That's the presence of God. There's, there's the love of God right there. And you can, if you tune your spirit and awareness to the things of God, be encouraged to see the glory of God in all these little ways. Like, like that exciting sense of God's presence and God's love when you're sharing your faith with someone and witnessing about the Lord and you sense the Holy Spirit and you say something and you think, that wasn't me, wow. And their eyes light up and that's the Holy Spirit speaking through you. Or uh, prayers that you see uh, over coffee in the courtyard after church. I say after church, isn't that funny? It's after this particular meeting, but that's not after church. That is in church. That's during church. That's church. You know what I'm saying? And you see someone praying for someone. Oh, and, and there's a brother or a sister just unloading something and someone answering the cry of their heart and the power of God's there as they pray. Or you see uh, it's the glory of God when a small bunch of coasty Christians go to the back of Whoop Whoop in 4,000 degrees centigrade uh, and buy a bunch of barbecue chickens and gather the, the locals uh, in the, the community and just start having dinner with them and hanging out with them and then sharing the gospel, as these guys were doing just a couple of weeks ago. You see it uh, in the carols in the courtyard when little Riley comes up and talks about seeing an angel that others didn't seem to notice. And that's not that little. That's actually kind of a big deal. <laughs> but uh, but it, it can be... Or, or, you know, like Aaron's sharing about the little the things that go on with kids' ministry. It can be the glory of God in a, in a painting or, or, or another work of art that just sits quietly 
but just speaks about the creative power of God and that person who's made in the image of God and their creative expression and skills is ah, just saying something, you know? And uh, there's so many different ways. Glory of God can be seen in, um, in Luke and Jono obeying God and getting back out on the rugby field and using their muscles, what they're meant to be used for this year. You know? Half joking. But the Bible does say the glory of young men is their strength. So in the book of Proverbs, you know the rest of that verse says, and the splendour of old men is their grey hair. So come on, man, lean into it. Embrace it. Yeah, come on. But what I'm saying is you should expect to experience the glory of God in your everyday life. And don't belittle some of the little things that go on, those little moments, raising your children, witnessing to your neighbour, being kind, loving, you know, just doing lots of little practical things. There's the presence of God. That's the glory of God. And, And I want to, let me encourage you this year, do something different if necessary, and it probably is necessary for most of us, to experience God at a deeper level. You might need to shift and change some things, like shake up your devotional uh, habits, because you, you may have a, you know, hopefully you have some sense of devotion to God. You don't just come to church for the coffee. Uh, and in your own walk, you pray and hopefully read the Bible or something, but maybe you could make a change. Or, or maybe you'll set aside some special time, even take time off work, even go away on your own perhaps to that cabin in the wilderness or someplace and really seek God for a season or a session of some kind. Maybe it's dreaming again about how God wants to use you in a way that you haven't thought of for years, but when you were first saved, you were so excited and maybe stuff is crowded in and you need to rediscover that excitement. Maybe it's stepping out and serving God in a new way. Like you heard about children's ministry. Christine was talking to Ruth last year sometime and, and saying, I don't know how it happened, but something about, oh, what can I do in the life of the church? Or who knows, might have been the other way. Ruth saying, what should you do in the life of the church? I don't know. Just, but, and there Erin's saying, oh, she's amazing. Coming to life in front of the kids and she loves it. And, uh, and so, you know, it may be children's ministry or something that you do that's a little bit different. Maybe it's believing again for those loved ones that you've prayed for, uh, but you just need to contend and press in. And then maybe after years and years of prayer, they give their lives to the Lord. Or maybe it's stepping out in faith, giving financially to get a breakthrough financially or, or believing for that condition or sickness or something that you've kind of just put up with but need to contend again for all different ways because being open and willing to try something new is godly you know the Lord says behold I do a new thing in fact I give you a practical example of this leaf blowers I have never been into them Oh, to say the least, Ruth says, I swore we'd never get one. So the leaf boats, they're lazy, noisy, noise pollution, ridiculous. Why don't you sweep? People get incidental exercise, good for them, you know? It's critical. Drive along, look at people, yell out the window, get a, get a broom. No, I, I'm exaggerating. I'm just, I'm preaching. I didn't say that. Thought of it, thought of it. You know what that is? Kids don't even know what that is. 
well, I'm winding the window down. So now you know it's not real. I, it's not quite as dramatic, is it? It's pressing, you know, winding the window. Get a broom. Anyway, it's a great... I, look, I've never done it, but certainly thought of it. Look at them. And I've always thought every time I sweep, we've got this tree that's growing bigger and bigger and more and more stuff. And I'm out the front sweeping away thinking, oh, it's always good exercise, <sighs> you know. But I've got things to do, you know. I've crossed over. I bought a leaf blower. I got the cheapest one I could find, though. It's the cheap... No, it's Bunnings, and, it's, and if it breaks within three years, you take it back and get your money. So I'm thinking, fine then, break, and I'll get my money back. I don't give you much chance, but I'll give it a go. It's awesome. <laughs> I confess, it's amazing. Because, yes, credit where credit's you. The mistress is right. Um, you know, because sometimes I don't need more exercise. Sometimes I've already exercised. I'm exhausted. The leaves are still there and it's like one minute. Wow, that would have been 15 minutes worth. So one day I've hidden it from Ruth so she gets the exercise. It's still the broom for her. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm really just telling it. No, that's not true. She's allowed to use it too. Yeah. No, no. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. It's great. It's just, yeah, so... I'm just saying, you never know, there's something new just around the corner. Live a little. Woo, that's my big New Year's shake-up. Yeah, got a leaf blower. Living on the edge. Wow, come on. So maybe there's something for you to just live on the wild side, you know. Buy a leaf blower, it'll change your life. So um, anyway, let's wrap this up. Um, You know, as I said, the Lord does a new thing. So it's good for us just to be open to new things. But again, you know, our great quest is to see the Lord glorified and, uh, and, uh, and whether that's spectacular or not, it can still be special, supernatural and spiritual. And, uh, and I just want to encourage us all to, to seek those moments, those times and to appreciate those times, big or little, grand or not so grand, that we experience the Lord's presence. We seek to encounter him whether it's privately or corporately, or, you know, in, in, individually or, or in a group, and to realise that the glory of the Lord is in his church. As fractured and failing and fault-filled that we all are, it's amazing God pulls us together and says, this is what I'm building. You think, really? We're all a bunch of hopeless sinners. Why don't you just build this amazing thing and then sort of deposit us in for a little bit and then pull us out before we ruin it. No, God says, no, 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 I'm taking all these people and you all got your issues and insecurities and stuff and that's where I'm putting my glory. Isn't he amazing? Gracious. And so, and, and, and so you don't feel bad, you know, that you're like we're set free. Bethany was preaching it over that freedom song, you know, we're free from sin, free from shame, free from guilt, free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom Freedom to seek him, freedom to experience his glory. And we're all the same. We're all under construction. Don't feel like, oh, I'm not, I haven't arrived yet. I'm not good enough to join the band. Or No, no, you just step in. Boldly approach the throne of grace. Find help in time of need. Maybe even today, you've never even crossed into the kingdom of God, the family of God. And you need to just step into your destiny. And you do that by faith, not by works, by Trusting in God, not by 
trusting in yourself, just by praying to God, not earning brownie points in heaven, godly, God, godly points or whatever. You just step in by faith and we experience the glory of God in community. Awesome. And so that's why we're raising awareness of the Lord in our lives, in our church, in our community. We're seeking the glory of God. And as I said, they're the values that we really attend, attain for, aim, aim for. Uh, and, uh, and then all the doings, all the programs, all that stuff flows out of that. Amen? Yeah. Come on, let's pray. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.